Welcome back to Score Tracks, the movie score news and reviews podcast where we review some currently released movie soundtracks and a flashback soundtrack where we take a look at the soundtrack from yesteryear. Uh, my name is Mark. I'm one of the three hosts. I'm joined by Elaine. Hello. Hello, Elaine. And Tim. Hey, how are you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, <laughs> this episode... I don't know what else to say when someone's See, I, I don't care how Mark is doing, so I just let you ask. Clearly. <laughs> See, I'm going to try and take some of the attention off of you, Mark, so you're welcome. <laughs> Any one of you can do this anytime. <laughs> All right, so this episode, we're going to be reviewing uh, The Good Dinosaur by Jeff and Michael Dana, uh, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 by James Newton Howard, and her flashback soundtrack will be none other than Raiders of the Lost Ark by John Williams. Uh, with that out of the way, we're going to start right off the bat with The Good Dinosaur. This is the new Pixar film for this year. Uh, new uh, Jeff and Michael Dana are, are new to Pixar, as far as I know. I don't think they've done any of the other ones. So, uh, what would you guys think of the soundtrack? Obviously, we haven't seen the movie yet. so I really liked it. I mean, it's not, you know, I don't think it's earth-shattering. No pun intended, actually. <laughs> Actually, it was, but um, <laughs> I thought it was very interesting. I wasn't expecting the uh, sort of Western folksy theme uh, that yeah. was going on that we heard uh, through a lot of the tracks. And But I also liked that none of the tracks, to me, really sounded very generic. You know, like, like kind of like we were talking about last week about Spectre and Peanuts is that a lot of the tracks, they didn't stand out. They sounded like tracks that you could hear in any action film or any cartoon. But this soundtrack to me sounded more distinct, and I liked that about it. I liked that I could, I liked that it felt like its own thing. And it, it actually has made me want to see the movie more because that western theme, it's it's just an it's an interesting thing to take and apply to a movie about dinosaurs because obviously there aren't many humans around and what humans there are I think we can assume that they're not civilized yet so obviously there's no western frontier anywhere so at least not where the humans are concerned so I'm kind of interested to see how that applies to the dinosaurs and their quote unquote culture and um so, yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was pretty satisfied with it. Hey, uh, Tim, do you mind if I go uh, next? Because I don't want to end this on a bad. No, yeah, go, well, I don't know if I'll be much better, but go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, abs- <laughs> I absolutely love Pixar uh, films. Uh, there's yes. not a single one that uh, I haven't enjoyed or loved. I own all of them on Blu-ray. Um, it's just one of those things that, that you know... I, it, it brings out the child. Uh, as far as this movie goes, I have no idea if it's a good movie. I have no idea if the soundtrack works with uh, the film. I was just music's fantastic, but it's just it to me it, right off the bat the country music for it kind of threw me off. Um, I, I wasn't sure what I was listening to or how this is going to fit. I mean, I, I suppose it could be something pastoral with with the. Uh, you know, the humans uh, farming or whatever it is that they do uh, alongside the dinosaurs. But uh, it was just, I don't know. It, 
it, it's not my cup of tea. And and I've enjoyed uh, the work of Jeff and Michael Dana before, uh, specifically um, with Camelot uh, that they did for Stars. Um, but in this situation, it was just uh, I'm not, I'm not. This is not something I don't think I'll be listening to. Uh, perhaps after seeing the movie, um, then I can see pieces of of the film and listen to the score and understand why it is the way it is. But as a listen. Uh, ahead of the movie I, I wasn't uh, like I said it wasn't my cup of tea that's my negativity I'm, I'm, I'm reining it in <laughs> okay so you know there are obviously accomplished composers Michael Dana won the Oscar for uh, his work on Life of Pi he knows what he's doing for me I was a little underwhelmed by it um, I, I'm with you Mark I love the Pixar movies and the scores like Chiquino's Cars 2 score and stuff like that I, I really I have a good impression of them. I just thought this was... Um, it just kind of struck me as a little flatline for some reason. I don't know why. It just didn't really draw me in. And I heard somebody say, or I read somebody was saying online about it, that it, it was a little... Um, uh, it was not quite as dynamic as other scores. But they said you can expect that with animated movies. And I highly disagree with that because you have oh, things... With like uh, How to Train Your Dragon with John Powell, mm-hmm. um, I could just mention with Jukino's Cars too, and a bunch of uh, uh, even recently this summer with Inside Out, which was also Jukino. I yeah, love that's that. Not, that's not even forget Incredible. I mean, that's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cast, oh, yeah. You know, Pixar movies and scores. You know, absolutely. You know, so. so yeah, there are some fantastic ones out there, and, and so yeah, I just want to put that out there that I really disagree with that idea that I read, but. Um, Overall, it was well done. I just didn't really get into it myself personally. Okay. I can see how the country-type music would throw somebody off because country is one of those things, that is one of those genres that you either like it or you don't. I, I don't know. It's like, it's just... It well, I can think be it- hard to sometimes well, I think it doesn't necessarily I mean, especially look. especially because it's it's a dinosaur movie right and I don't think it's necessarily the fact that it is country alone I think it's just the random change in style whether it was country or whether it was like a dubstep or beatbox or just anything like that it was just a, a kind of random throw in that we weren't expecting so not not necessarily just that it was country or like a banjo or whatever, but just that change was right. a little out of place to me. But like yeah, Mark I mean, was saying, we haven't seen the movie and it might suit perfectly, but just as far as listening to it goes, it was a little odd for me. There was some, there was some tribal stuff, just, uh, you know, a, a little bit that I heard uh, initially uh, before I got to, you know, we're going to be listening when we go to the break, we'll be listening to a bit of Fireflies which to me was like, okay, this is really good. But then it kind of went back to the, I don't know, sort of, it, it seems like with this, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of animated movies suffer from, uh, the music highlighting the action on the screen rather than accompanying the action on the screen. You know, a lot of the old Warner brothers cartoons and a lot of the Disney cartoons used to do that, especially Warner brothers with Carl Stalling, uh, the, the music and the sound of the music was the sound effect for a lot of the a lot of the stuff. So it really accompanied you know what was happening in 
sometimes this feels like it may be that, but again, I haven't seen. But it was really just a juxtaposition of styles that, uh, to me, it wasn't the greatest listening experience. But again, I'm going to see the movie. I love Pixar. They haven't done wrong yet. So um, we'll have to see what And yeah, even though it wasn't exactly what we liked, I I really do want to stress that. It's not for lack of effort to me. I felt like it was put together very well. It just didn't speak to me. Right, right. Elaine, any final thoughts? You know, you like it, but uh, would, would you recommend it? As a listening experience, apart from the film, I would. Um, I liked. I mean, I see what you guys are saying about it being kind of jarring, just the switch between different styles of music, and I, I can see that because it was it was odd for me at first when I when I first heard the the folksy music. It was kind of like, oh, this is this is strange. Um, but I liked because. Because as I was looking at the... I also looked at the track names as I listened to the soundtrack, and I could kind of see some of the things that were going on in my head, or that might be going on in my head. And I think that that's important for a film. I mean, this is something I've kind of learned from George Lucas, is that I, th- I think it's good for a film to be able to tell the story based off of its soundtrack. Kind of like a silent movie. And I feel like this soundtrack does that. But, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely interested in, in seeing how it all pulls together. And, um, yeah, like, maybe, maybe when we all watch it, we'll... I mean, like I said, for, for a lot of people, it may be one of those soundtracks that really only works with the movie. Kind of like how sure. we were talking about Ant-Man. Yeah, that's one of the things that we should do, or certainly for, for our listening audience. You know, when we actually see the film with the soundtrack, we'll just have to do a quick, you know, blurb on uh, on what we thought when we saw it together. Especially right. if we didn't, didn't like it the first go-around. Which, that reminds me, did either of you get to see Spectre? Nope. No. All right, <laughs> then we'll, uh, we'll think about I, this moving forward, then. I'll be honest, I have no desire to see Spectre. But. Really? I want to see it. I, I, just have, I haven't, have I haven't seen any of the other James Bond movies, so I'm not really on the James Bond train, and I don't really... I, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't really care. I mean, I'm not saying they're bad movies. I just... Well, some of them you. are, but not all of them <laughs> are at all. all I, is, the, is one of the bad ones the one where Pierce Brosnan puts diamonds in Halle Berry's belly button? Puts it in her what? <laughs> belly button. Oh, I, I avoided the Pierce Brosnan ones, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I've only seen a couple of his, and for me, the ones that I really avoid are the Roger Moore ones. That's what I started with. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't really like him as James Bond. So, well, he he was my James. No, that um, was it. He was he was a James Bond when I started seeing it. In in, of which movie? Um, I don't know which one it was, but it was the one with Halle Berry, and I saw like the end of it, and he they had like gotten these diamonds i guess they had quote-unquote rescued the diamonds from the bad guys or whatever and they were like both like in their underwear or swimsuits or something and he was pouring the i was like it was like it was really gross i was like (laughs) i wouldn't want diamond. i wouldn't want anything in my belly button stop it (laughs) yeah they're not like that anymore they're less campy now (laughs) they're less campy now with uh, (laughs) uh yeah they're more mainstream action movies i would say 
Yeah, now like they are spy thriller elements. So they're more in line with like the Born Identity or right, uh, right. Mission Impossible. Actually, is a little bit further out with some of the gadgets than James Bond is, and James Bond was known for that type of stuff. So exactly. Okay, so with that, uh, we're going to take our first break. Um, the music that you're going to hear is a track from The Good Dinosaur. It is the track uh, Fireflies, uh, and this is composed by Jeff and Michael Dana. So we'll see you after the break. All right, welcome back. That was Jeff and Michael Dana, uh, the track Fireflies from the Good Dinosaur soundtrack. Uh, the next soundtrack we're going to be reviewing will be uh, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2. And uh, I've decided I'm going to go first. <laughs> once, again, <laughs> once again, to not end it on such a sour note, uh, I've seen all the Hunger Games films except for this one. Um, I enjoy James Newton Howard quite a bit. Uh as a listening experience, I was extremely bored. It did nothing for me as a soundtrack. Um, and I love James Newton Howard, but I, it just, it did, it, like I said, it did absolutely nothing. It, it was a lot of sameness, a lot of one note, a lot of uh, just the same, the same music, not a lot of themes. I mean, The Hunger Games, one of the great things about it is it has such a notable short theme that that is easily recognizable exactly (laughs) but well much like jaws much like harry potter and and hunger games has that as well but the soundtrack just it it just wasn't wasn't something that i would recommend to anyone sorry that's my negativity i'm done anything else did it all out now no it, it just it feels it feels honestly it feels like with this it, it was asked to be a certain thing. Like, like I know James Newton Howard absolutely has it in him to kick butt, but this just felt like some of this, some of the music just felt like everything else I've heard on a, on a standard typical action film uh, nowadays. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say Hans Zimmer, even though I just did, even though <laughs> I enjoy Hans Zimmer in, in certain doses, but it was just one of those things where it's like, boy, is everybody going to sound like this now? Is this, is this the way of the future? I mean, you know, is it what's going to take for us to get something unique, original? Well, um, it's funny you say that because um, uh, Brian Tyler just said something recently about uh, he sees the future of soundtracks going in the direction where it is more 
identifiable, more individualized, and less mainstream, which is kind of what you're saying. He sees that I hope so. in the direction that it's currently going in. So, yeah, I agree. I really hope that's the case. Because the, the thing is about, about older soundtracks, and I mean older, like stuff that I was listening to when I grew up, is I could instantly pick out a John Williams or an Alan Silvestri, James Horner, Jerry Goldsmith, right. Nino Morricone. I knew, oh, oh, this is him. I didn't even have to, you know, the minute I heard the, the, the music, uh, even, you know, separated from the film, I knew exactly who it was. Yep. Nowadays, I'm not sure if it's Jablonski or Zimmer or, you know, sometimes Newton Howard gets into this, you know, sort of Jablonski and Zimmer realm. And, you know, uh, Ramin Jawadi a little bit, too. Right. And they're all, you know, I, I know James Newton Howard has worked with, uh, I believe he didn't. He? he worked on Kung Fu Panda, correct? That sounds right. That? No, that, that sounds familiar. I, I can't confirm, but that does sound familiar. So I know some. I, I know he's worked with those guys, and, and it's just, sometimes I think. The well, same. he worked with Hans Zimmer on the uh, the first of the Dark Knight series. The right, um, okay, exactly. I think it was Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. I think he worked on both of those with Zimmer. So clearly, they have a history of working together, right? And it's just it's just one of those things to where it's like, boy. I'm, I'm, I'm yearning and longing for something different. Well, before there we get that's, back that's, that's to... A, that, that's my negativity. Well, I was going to say, before we get back to Hunger Games, after that huge, depressing negativity Mark just put us through, I think we need to take a moment to recognize the awesomeness <laughs> of James Newton Howard. Um, he's... Yes. So, some of his stuff is beyond awesome. Like, for me personally, last year... If it's not my favorite, one of my favorite scores was Maleficent, which he did. Partly because, this, and somebody tweeted this, I have no idea who you are. I'm sorry if you said this, I'm talking about you. Um, he said, I didn't realize music like that could be made anymore for movies. And I totally agree. I really, really love some of the things he can do. Within the Hunger Games franchise, I have really liked some of the work that he's done. Um, the one of the most recognizable themes, which is the capital theme called uh, Horn of Plenty, he did with uh, Arcade Fire. Um, I think they were the ones that really like, composed it. He uh, orchestrated it and worked it into the rest of the score. Um, it's instantly recognizable, and it's really great. But beyond that, if you take a moment to listen in, which I, I think the general culture or, or general population who that watches the movie don't, they don't really think about the score beyond that theme because it's the one that's really um, kind of thrown out there at the pivotal moments that uh, is played the loudest. But the rest of it is really, really good in the franchise. So for this one, I liked it. I didn't like it as much as the things that have come before it, but I did still like it. And I thought some of the work, especially some of the strings work in there was done exceptionally well, but not, not, not the best in the series it's still good. Elaine? Um, I haven't listened to any of the uh, Hunger Games soundtracks. It seems to be a theme with me. I've never listened to this. I've never watched that. But anyway. Um, well, at least you've seen the movies, right? At least yes, some of them? Yes, I have. And so, I'm, there you go. I'm hoping to see the part two tomorrow night. But um, anyway, I thought that this soundtrack, I thought that a lot of tracks on it were very pretty. It sounded like James Newton Howard um, to me. A soundtrack of his that I've listened to. I haven't listened to Maleficent yet. I definitely want to do that. But 
Definitely I do love, that as soon as possible. <laughs> I'm pushing that. I love his work on Treasure Planet. That oh, yeah, is good. That was a that is a fantastic soundtrack. And you know, I can I think he did like I said, a lot of the tracks on this on the score were really pretty and I think that what this soundtrack suffers from the most is the fact that it's too long. And I know that a lot of the tracks some of the tracks I was listening to them and I was like this is a really long track you know this has been going on for a while and it's still not over and, and I'm, I'm not opposed to long tracks and maybe it's because I haven't seen the movie yet but um, for some reason I just I noticed how long it was and um, I just think it would have been better because Mark mentioned that a lot of a lot of the score sounded one noted and I think that that problem would have gone away if or at least been made better if the soundtrack had simply been shorter and that way you allow those themes those stronger themes that James Newton Howard created to really make an impression on you as opposed to the same tone being repeated over and over again to where you're sort of becoming desensitized to the, the more nuanced parts of the score, so, I mean, I don't, I mean, I might listen to it again, but I do wish it was, it was more compact. So I don't know how much involvement anyone outside had on, on the score, whether that's Francis Lawrence or, you know, even Suzanne Collins or anybody. I don't know. I did see the movie, and for me, um, not to critique the movie, but I, I felt parts of it, especially in the first half, some of the atmosphere, it, it got a little monotonous to me. So what you guys are saying about it kind of becoming one note for the soundtrack, again, excusing any outside involvement, might have been done just to kind of suit the atmosphere of the movie that was kind of one noted and, and the, keep that mentality consistent. There's a lot of yeah, talking of in, in the Hunger Games, you know, and, and and I don't know if this is like incidental music or yeah, I don't even know if I'm using that term correctly to where it's just it's just playing over people talking or whatnot while they strategize. And, and to me, sometimes that music can be very boring. Uh, so it's one of those situations to where I don't know where it fit, I don't know where everything fits with it you know we're we're a soundtrack review podcast and, and the main goal is reviewing the soundtrack um but as a soundtrack it's just it's not that amazing there we go <laughs> <laughs> well and and like i was saying earlier about being able to tell what the story is more or less by the music and by the track titles, you can't necessarily tell that with this soundtrack. I've read Mockingjay, the book, but it's it's been a long time, and I only read it once, so I don't remember everything, and I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I do know that I didn't pay as much attention to this soundtrack because I was doing, I was doing some things on the computer, and I, you know, I was... I didn't uh, probably pay as much attention to the connection between the tracks and how the track titles and how the tracks sounded. 
but still, um, I don't think it's one of the necessarily one of those things where you can always tell what's going on. Sometimes you can, right? But um, so I don't know. So, do you recommend it as a soundtrack <laughs> listening experience? I think it depends on the person and what they're looking for. If you're looking for a very dynamic, intriguing, consistently intriguing soundtrack, probably not. But if you're looking for something uh, that's Mind you, Hunger Games and Catching Fire and Locking Day Part One. Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but and like I said, part of it to me, I think part of it's in this clip also that we're going to play at the end. The strings, even in the theater, which I, I, I saw the movie before I listened to the soundtrack, they really struck me, um, especially at the end. And like I said, I think we're going to play that clip, but certain. Uh, qualities that people are looking for are here. I just think you have to have that appreciation for it because, again, if you're looking for something dynamic or or loud necessarily with brass and stuff, this probably isn't going to be that soundtrack for you. Well, a lot right. of it is background music. Yeah, so you know, like, that, you that's true. Mark, I know what you said about when people are strategizing and all that. That really didn't happen as much in this movie. It was really more... Um, it's the first movie that didn't have tons of strategizing. Y- yeah, there. I mean, there were action moments, but it just it wasn't the same. As we're talking the about Peta and how, how much she wants to see Peta. Was it Peta? Is that the guy's name? Yeah. Yes. Um, Peter Britt. I, I like the movies. Don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> good lord. <laughs> well, it's a very it's already. a very moody atmosphere. And yeah. I, th- I think that moody moody movies <laughs> tend to have uh, this kind of a background music that is, you know, it's, it's moody. It's not, it's not uh, anything special, kind of like with Spectre. Right. By the way, whoever's texting Mark or tweeting him, you need to stop. His phone's stop buzzing. It. Put it on silent. <laughs> I don't even know how to do that, man. I, I'm so old, I can't figure anything out. Like, yeah, I think your son came in once and showed you how to do it before a different show. <laughs> oh, right, there it goes again. Oh. <laughs> Too bad we're not live, because again, somebody, stop it. <laughs> All right, so anyways, with that being said, we're going to take our second break. Uh, the music that you're going to hear is... <laughs> stop texting me. The music you're going to hear is from the Hunger Games Suite. Uh, from the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 soundtrack by James Newton Howard. And uh, we'll be back after the break.
Uh, welcome back. That was uh, James Newton Howard. The track was The Hunger Games Suite uh, from the Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 soundtrack. Uh, and now comes... <laughs> what? No, it didn't buzz. <laughs> All right. So uh, and now comes the part in our <laughs> podcast where we like to do a flashback soundtrack. And one of the... I'm going to hurt you. One of the most interesting things about uh, having Elaine on the show is... Elaine is sort of a newbie as far as music and soundtracks, as far as films. And so we like to try and pick a notable flashback soundtrack for a movie that she might not have might not have seen. And turns out she's never seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. So we'll start. Right. Right. And and this is my second favorite movie of all time. Um Sometimes it's my fir- it's my most favorite. Um, <gasps> this is just yeah, sorry, treason. But uh, so Elaine, we'll start with you. You just watched the movie. You got a chance to listen to the soundtrack or the score with the film. Uh, what's your thoughts on the film? Well, first, I would like to take credit because I am the one who picked this one. <laughs> and the Yay! good choice is. I was gonna pick Back to the Future, but then I was like, you know, I haven't seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, so let's do that. Because um, I have seen a lot of Back to the Future. Anyway, I I really like this movie. It was it was so much fun, and I just I just loved all the, the nuances of the script and the. I mean, you know, it's Steven Spielberg, and you can't get much better than Steven Spielberg. And the soundtrack. You know, I mean, it was composed by John Williams, and you can't get much better than John Williams. And you know, the theme is so iconic. You know, I've seen, I've seen The Last Crusade, and I've seen a lot of uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and now I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. But I mean, it's one of those in the Indiana Jones theme. It's just, it's one of those themes that is just, it's like Star Wars. It's like Harry Potter. It's like Jaws. It's just so iconic. John Williams just has this incredible gift from God to be able to, to, you know, compose incredible music that stays in your head, in a good way, not, not in a bad way, um, but it's, you know, and unfortunately I didn't have time, I watched the movie last night, and unfortunately I didn't have a lot of time to listen to soundtrack today, but I did, I did pick a few tracks, and it just, it really suits the classic feel of the film. I mean, I mean, John John Williams scores are always like that. They they always have this sort of just classic movie score uh, feel to them. It just um, you know, like Spielberg and Williams are like the dynamic duo. They're like the perfect pair when it comes to creating movies. But this um, is Lucas so, too, and Lucas too. Yes. Uh, he this, is, helped. this is Lucas with the he he wrote the story for the most yeah, part. Yeah, he wrote the story. He came up with the he came up with the idea. So I mean I mean those three are like they're they're giants in the in the cinematic world. So I I enjoyed both the uh, film and what little of the soundtrack I was able to listen to. All right, so this is John Williams. Okay, he is the guy if you want to come up with extremely memorable themes you've got stuff like you know harry potter and jaws and et and 
all of these huge iconic themes, right? But arguably Close Encounters. Yeah, Close Encounters, there you go. Star Wars. Well, I- I'm getting there. I'm like, because arguably <laughs> his two most iconic and most recognizable themes are Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Maybe Jaws. So this is huge and it is classic for a reason. But also with this soundtrack in particular, with Raiders of the Lost Ark, that was the first time this theme had been used, which is why it's Raiders March, because it's from this movie. So no one had heard it before. And again, it's so huge for a reason. And it's timeless. It's classic. You've got, you know, little two-year-old kids running through their house on a broom, pretending like it's a horse, listening to this. And then you've got adults getting really excited emotionally when they hear this, because it's it's that good. That's what makes it timeless and classic and universal. And that's just the one theme, though. It's but like the score. You know, what? I'm just this movie. Uh, this movie. This score. You know, <laughs> I, I might even go out on a limb right now because I'm thinking about it and say it's better than Star Wars. But I'm sorry. As a as a kid, let me little backstory here. Let me. Let me make a picture. <laughs> By the way, I can edit that. My part parents out took about me to Star this movie Wars, if you want. Nah, I don't care. Look, look, it's Indiana Jones, it's Star Wars. Both of these both both of these things were prevalent in my life as a child. Yeah. Um my parents took me to see it um opening night. It was sm- they put it in a small theater in my town. There were there was uh, uh there was two theaters, the main ones. There's a Lakewood Center North which had the gig- biggest theater in the area and they put it in the Lakewood Center South because they didn't know how it but my parents took me to see it because, oh, look, it's got Han Solo in it. You'll like it. All right, fine, <laughs> let's go. And, man, watching this movie, it blew me away. You, you know, with the, with the melting faces and, and the rolling ball and, and the truck chase and ah, everything. everything the melting faces this. were why I wasn't allowed to watch it. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> well, the movie did so well the next day, they took it out of that small theater and they put it in the giant um, uh, you know, which is about you know a quarter mile away, uh, because it was selling out. So, you know, this is in a time when movies weren't in five or six theaters. It was just literally, you know, it was in one theater in the area, and it it's just an amazing, amazing film. It still stands the test of time, and the soundtrack itself. You know, I had one of those things. You know, growing up as a kid. We didn't have a VCR at the time because it didn't exist. So if you wanted to listen to the movie, you had to have like the book on tape or the movie on tape. And so they had a, a little version of this to where it was dialogue from the film with the uh, music and sound effects uh, on a record and no narration. It was like a dynamic experience. And I wore that record out. Um, I had, got the soundtrack there's three versions of the soundtrack now there's there's the one that was released originally there's the japanese one which has a couple extra tracks and then there's the giant box set that they released uh not too long ago uh which has all you know three movies on there with expanded tracks uh to me the one that holds up the best is the original um you, you know the one thing that john williams loves to do is he loves to pick uh tracks himself and he likes for it to be a fantastic listening experience so john williams has control over you know how it sounds as a soundtrack and for this one you know it's just it's 
so good. I was listening to it on the way home today. I was tweeting about it, about uh, the track that we're going to close out the show with, which is the Map Room Dawn, where Indiana Jones uh, discovers the location of the Ark of the Covenant. Um, it's such a fantastic track. It just, you know, I hope I don't have young listeners, but like I was saying, it, it, it's almost like an orgasm. To where it builds and it builds and it builds, and Elaine, you just watched the movie. So, so as the as the track builds and the music starts to swell and it gets higher and higher and higher, and they show Indiana Jones's face, and he's like, "Oh my God, there it is! There's the Ark of the Covenant." It's it's such a beautiful moment. It's such a beautiful track, and you know, I, I you know, I'm sorry if I'm if I'm. You know, burgeoning your ears or bludgeoning your ears with uh, with with that term, but it, it really struck me today how how perfect the music and the film, uh, the images on the film work together uh, to just convey a message. It, it's yeah. so good. Everything everything on this soundtrack is fantastic. For the longest time, you know, my go to was the truck chase. Was when he gets on when he gets on the horse and rides down the hill to start that battle with a truck or the airplane fight where he goes against, you know, an army of, of Nazis to try and get, to try and make sure that the, uh, the plane is, is taken out of, out of, uh, taken out so they can't fly it out. It's just, everything about it is so fantastic. And, and Williams is the master of marches. Oh yeah. You know, we, we've got the Raiders March. We've got the Imperial March. We've got the Midway March from the movie Midway, 1941 March. He's he's a master at it, and and this is no exception. And dare I say it, first as, order march. Ooh. Yeah, God, I hope so. I hope so. I'm excited. That would I'm be excited for unbelievable. Sure. Speaking of which, didn't J.J. Abrams say that on like? It, I don't know if it was the soundtrack or a particular edition of the soundtrack, but there was going to be like 30 minutes of extra John Williams music. I didn't hear that. No, I, well, I don't awesome. know where I read this. Here's the thing. I think it was on Twitter. No, he's... No, yeah, what... I, I was initially confused by it because what he said was that there's 30 minutes of music that John Williams composed that's not in the film, but it will be released. Now, I thought he said it wouldn't be released. The thing, the thing about John Williams' music, and only recently have we started to get... Have we started to get more complete releases of his soundtracks? Um, you know, there's Hook... Which was released by La La Land Records. Same with Home Alone. Uh, they just did a uh, fantastic release of Jaws, which I haven't got yet. Jaws Two. Uh, those were from uh, I believe Entrada or yeah, uh, was it was Entrada. Okay, so so John Williams typically didn't have his his soundtracks expanded, which is kind of the the thing that they do nowadays. They they'll you know have the soundtrack in film order, and it's more of everything from the soundtrack versus you know, what's happened before. Um, fans have been, you know, clamoring for years for expanded releases of Star Wars. And unfortunately, the only way to get expanded releases of Star Wars, especially the prequels, has been to pull the tracks from the video games, uh, to say the least. You know, a lot of the video games have unreleased um, cues, uh, unreleased bits of music that, you know, enterprising uh, audio engineers have been able to extract from the files in the video games, piece them together which from what was already released, and you pretty much have a complete score. Uh, hopefully, you know, we'll get this 
something like this from Williams uh, in Star Wars: of Force Awakens, especially especially now that I don't think it's with Sony anymore. It's with Disney, right? Correct. And one of the other things is, you know, Williams composed for Harry Potter, the very first Harry Potter. He composed like seven, eight concert suites um, that never made it to the actual soundtrack. Uh, he performed them in concert quite a few times. Um, you can find them out there if you're looking for them, but they were never released on an actual CD. So, you know, it, perhaps the 30 minutes that they're referring to in The Force Awakens might be some of the concert suites that typically composes. Now, not to keep talking, but recently John Williams did, uh, or he wrote a concert suite for Marion's theme from Raiders Lost Ark, just focusing on her character, and it's something that he performs live. And if you ever have a chance to hear it, it's on YouTube. Um, it's amazing. It's it just strictly focusing on her theme, and, and it's fantastic. One of the right, things, uh, and I absolutely thank you for that, by the way, because I have not uh, listened to that yet, so I will. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. But one of the things that I liked about this, and it's not necessarily about this score itself, but more about the franchise, is how there was room for um, evolving the sound and continuing it. Because even though this one is probably the the most recognizable one because of the originality to it, um, I really like the things like in Temple of Doom, the parade of the slave children. That track is it's very good. I don't remember the name right now, but for Last Crusade, there's one about uh, a motorcycle chase or something. Like um, Scherzo and You Might Hear something like that, or, or Motorcycle. How do you pronounce that? Scherzo? Scherzo? S C H E R Z O? We'll go with it. Ah. Something like that. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, it's it just you can continue to change it as you go, make it unique and original each time. But then of course you always wrap it back around to the Raiders March, which is coming back to this score. Um, so I do have a couple of uh, like round table, I guess, questions for you guys. One of them is, and I know this, this first one's kind of an impossible question, but other than uh, the Raiders March, what do you think might be your favorite, or at least one of your favorite tracks on this one? Well, for me easily, Easily, uh, the map room dawn. That, that's easily my uh, my favorite, uh, even more so than the Raiders March. And obviously, you know the truck chase. The truck chase is up there as well. Elaine, well, Elaine, Elaine, you can just talk about the scene that you thought the music was best. In. Oh, <laughs> I actually um, let me find the exact title of the because. There's this one track that comes to mind that I listen to. Let me... Come on. My iTunes is loading. Okay, here we go. We're all waiting on your iTunes to load. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's loaded. Flight <laughs> from Peru. Yes. Okay, that's Flight awesome. Flight from Peru. That's what I was okay. going to say, too, for mine. Because even I though... like that because... Although, I mean, like, when I listen to it, you know, obviously, again, I watched it last night, and so when I listen to it again today... I can hear the part like where he's running from the natives, and where the uh, Raiders' march is first introduced into the, the actual movie. Because the movie doesn't start with the Raiders' march, um, so you don't you don't actually start hearing that until uh, Flight from Peru, right? I don't I remember like the which timing it was, but. 
Well, anyway. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. And it's kind of cheating because I said uh, other than the Raiders March. But that's my answer, too, though, because it's not that's not what that's not the part of it that I liked, even though I do love it. But I love how that was intertwined with the rest of the the sounds of that track, the way it was mixed together and blended. Um I really like that. It was done so smoothly. And and yeah, so I, it's kind of hard for me to pick a favorite from this beyond that. But that was one of the first ones that came to my head. So that's what I was going to say, too. Um, I that, go ahead. The greatest thing, though, is that you're both wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm happy to I, be I'm, wrong. I'm sorry. A- again, Map Room Don. Maybe because it's I fantastic. To it, maybe because I just listened to it ten times in a row on the way home. Pick up your phone. No, no one's texting me right now. It, oh, God, oh it was, I should text you. You know, <laughs> hey, let's not go there, okay? I don't have his number. I can do. Nobody has my number. I'm, it's top secret. Then who's texting you? And hopefully, hopefully, God, I hate to be, I hate to be, you know, so so morose or whatever, but. I'd love for them to be able to get their act together so that we can have another Indiana Jones film soon because I know it's happening. But another Indiana Jones film with the maestro John Williams. Okay, uh, well, you're getting into my next my roundtable question, which was that, yeah, if they're doing this, this new Indiana Jones movie, I am beyond excited for it. Um, obviously, I think it's pretty general that everybody wants John Williams to be the guy. But depending on how long it takes them to get everything in line and other projects he might have going on if for whatever reason it cannot possibly happen for john williams to do the score to another indiana jones movie who would you like to see it and i think uh, michael giacchino is kind of an obvious choice given his protege relationship with him so looking beyond him because people he also worked on uh, jurassic world already and people are already suggesting him for future star wars movies so then looking beyond giacchino who would you like to see um, if you have to take over for the Indiana Jones music? Boy. How about that's, John Powell? That's not even. John Powell would be good. John Powell is one person oh. I thought of, but I also thought of um, Sylvester. Those are the two I, w- I wouldn't mind hearing. No. I mean, so Sylvester has a sound that's not too dissimilar. Like if you listen to the Captain America march, that sounds like it could have been written by John Williams. So, you know, I think they have a similar here, enough sound sometimes. Here's the thing, I, you know, the rate this thing's going, it may not even be Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones. So, if he's not Indiana Jones and they reboot it or, or recast it with somebody else, it's going to be easier not to have John Williams as the composer. The only thing that I really hope is that they at least keep the Indiana Jones theme. Um, I think Brian Tyler would. Could do a good job. He could um, do a good job on it, anything. You know, adapting. Yeah, I, 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 I love the guy. I think he could do a good job with adapting that theme and sort of bringing it with a little bit more modern flair, but without going into the, you know, remote control production sort of sort of uh, atmosphere. Um, but again, you know, I, that's a really hard act to follow. You know, we have the spot taking over, you know, doing Rogue One, and he has the luxury of it being, while it's a Star Wars film, he 
has the luxury of it not being a John Williams Star Wars film like episode seven, eight, right. nine, one of those episodes. You know, whoever Sorry. has to take that over, that right, that's going to be tough. Whoever has to Ouch. take over the saga is going to be tough. You can throw anybody into, you know, my Star Wars story or the Star Wars whatever that the name is this week, but um, man, I, I, I can't. Im- that that was the thing with Superman. I think they really, really did a disservice by not bringing his theme back for the Man of Steel. Um, it, it was At really nice. Subtly. Well, yeah. I mean, it, that that's another one that that you know we talked about Jaws. We talked about you know iconic you know soundtracks or iconic themes from John Williams. Superman's amazing. Yeah, and the fact that it's now just not used at all. It's kind of sad because they could really get, you know, the commercial, just talk commercial value, but the commercial value of, of that in itself, you know, it's something that people know, even though they may not know that they know. And you can do it, again, very subtly with even single instrumentation at the right moment in the movie, and it will still make a huge impact. Exactly. Yep. Yep. But yeah, so, going back to what you were saying before um, with uh, Display on Rogue One. Ah. you Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I try saying his first name with a heavy French accent. That's fun. It hurts your throat. Um, no, I think it'd be more Spanish for me. Like, Alexandre. Because I heard somebody say it, but when you get to the X, it's much more of a, like a sound. You're welcome for that, by the way. <laughs> this is going to be the best sounding part of the show. Alexandre Desplat. Oh, wait, no, it's Desplat, isn't it? Yeah, like, I, I heard it, and I could be completely wrong, so... Please correct me, anybody who's listening, if I'm wrong. But I heard it was like Alejandro Desplat or something like that. Alejandro Desplat. Alejandro Desplat. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, he, you're, you're right, Mark, where he's taking over in the Star Wars world, yes, but he doesn't have the same themes to work with. They're not the same characters. Well, mostly. And they're not... It's in an area that we haven't really explored fully. Um, leading up into episode four. And also he is working with Gareth Edwards, who he already worked with on Godzilla. So he does have a nice working relationship there. But it's completely different. Whereas somebody who takes over Indiana Jones, even if it isn't Harrison Ford, if it's still in the mainstream franchise or mainline franchise of Indiana Jones, unless you want to do what they did with Superman and scrap the themes, which would be a horrible idea. You're going to have to work with it. Yeah, because we, we've had enough of, you know, as far as Star Wars and spinoffs and whatever, we had the Ewok movies, which which was a different composer. We had, you know, we had the Star Wars micro series by, was it Gennady Tartakovsky, um, which was a different composer. We've had, you know, Kiner do Clone Wars and now Rebels. So right. you're kind of used to these spinoffs having a different sound. So, so you know, the flaw doing uh, uh, Rogue One is is not something unusual, though right. I, I've said my piece about him doing anything before. Um, but yeah, Indian, like you said, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, continuing that franchise, going to be tough. It's going to be tough, uh, especially if it's not John Wayne. But let's all hope it is, you know. I, I, just, I don't know, how likely do you think that'll be with... Uh, either his potential involvement in episode eight or again, depending on how long it takes him to get this ball rolling. And honestly, 
I hate to say, I hate to say it. I don't. I don't think he's going to make it to episode nine. Nine. I don't think he's going to make it. I. I do not. I, I'm not saying he'll. He'll have passed away. I just don't know if he has it in him anymore. He may have it in him to ride it. He may not have it in him to to uh, uh, conduct it. You know, I know that a lot of the conducting uh, on, you know, Indiana. Um, excuse me, uh, Force Awakens was by somebody else, but that's not exactly, you know, unusual for him nowadays. But I just, I don't know. The, the, the guy's produced tons and tons of, of fantastic music for years. I, it just, it's at the end of his career, sadly. And, and I just, I don't, I don't know if this new trilogy will end with him doing the music. And I hope it does. You know, God forbid, I, I hope it does. I hope we get many more years of, of John Williams' music. I just don't, I don't see it happening, sadly. Yeah, and I agree, and it's going to be a tough day, but we know it's going to have to happen when we're not going to hear anything new from him no, anymore. I don't want it to happen. Yeah, I, I know, but it, it's, it has to at so, some point. It. And uh, at least, and I don't want to um, <laughs> make this sound any, or like have this take a, a darker turn, but at least now we're going to have at least some time to get used to it. We didn't really have that chance with like James Horner, for example. Right. That, that was very tragic. Right. And well, and, and the thing is, the thing is, and that I actually hope that he would do this is bring somebody on now, you, you know, bring whoever his successor is for, for the, the saga films, bring them on now to start working. You know, whoever, whoever they choose, the, the thing that can't happen, and I know this is supposed to be an Indiana Jones topic, but it, it always turns into Star Wars song. <laughs> the thing that can't happen is you can't have a different composer every every album. It has to be consistent. Or, excuse me, every film. It has to be consistent. So if, you know, somebody's going to continue on, you know, find them now, sit, sit down with the maestro, and just, you know, just soak it all in so that you know exactly where his mind is. You know, yeah. I'm sure any composer, any composer, Giacchino, Tyler, you name it, any composer would love to just spend hours with this guy and pick his brain. Absolutely. I know I would. I know I would. Oh, yeah. And, and But you're right, though, how the, the soundtrack has to stay the same. Because through all six movies so far, the really the only thing that hasn't changed is the fact that John Williams did the music. You know, the directors have changed. The actors have changed. The writing has kind of switched hands a little bit yeah john williams is the same thing throughout he's the only, he's the only constant besides the name star wars yeah i mean even the people at ilm awesome. change you know everything changes um i will say also ben burt but i think even he had some but like i think the prequels maybe the sound was by ben burt and somebody i don't remember his name Ironwood. oh wait that reminds me when i was watching indiana jones i noticed some sound effects that are in Star Wars. I'm sure you did. <laughs> I was like, hey, that sounds like... I don't remember exactly what... Because the first time, I don't remember exactly what I thought it sounded like. I think it had something to do with pod racers. But, uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of sound designers and, and you know people like Ben Burt, they have their sort of signature sound. So, at times, you can even pick them out. Um, so, yeah, if... If it reminded you of Star Wars at times, I, I wouldn't doubt it at all. 
You guys have nothing to say. You guys are so silent. It's, it's driving me crazy. I'm waiting for more <laughs> wisdom to come from your mouth. There is no more wisdom. <laughs> There's oh, whoa, he said no it. more wisdom. He said it. There's no more I li- wisdom. I like I like to throw out wisdom and have people respond to it. We can know, get but, rid of Mark now. I, I'm, I'm shocked <laughs> you guys were were you know my wisdom just stopped you guys from speaking. That's incredible. All right, so with that, we're going to uh, close out the podcast. Uh, the track that you're going to hear at the end is going to be uh, is my choice. It's going to be the Map Room Dawn uh, from the Raiders of the Lost Ark soundtrack. Wait a uh, second. What? Sorry, but are we going to do recommendations? We are. I'm getting to that. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> but before that, your, we your are, wisdom like, is still stunning us, so our brains aren't working right. <laughs> That's quite all right. That's quite all right. <laughs> I do have that effect on people from time to time. Uh, before that, we're going to go through recommendations. And these recommendations that we have are not necessarily soundtrack related. They could be movie. They could be movies. They could be books. They could be just about anything. I have no idea what I'm going to recommend, to be honest. It could be socks. It could be what? <laughs> socks. Is there is there a website for socks? I don't know. I'm sure. I think I think Whoopi Goldberg is, has her own sock line. She just started a little bit ago, no, and I think good. it has a website. Whoopi socks, but they're slippery. Slip, you go whoop. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I think you've been drinking, but that's probably not. <laughs> I don't drink. Thank you very much. Exactly. That's why I said that. All right. So we're going to start with. Let's start with Tim this time. Tim. Oh, Tim, okay. I'm going to throw you on the spot. What's your recommendation for this week? All right, so I am, per usual, I'm going to give a soundtrack. One of these days I have to recommend something that's not a soundtrack just to change it up. But for now, um, I'm going to say to go back and listen to the 1989, I believe, uh, soundtrack to Batman by Danny Elfman. Were you even born then? So the Danny Elfman soundtrack to Batman? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Because it's... it's No, he was not born. Extremely iconic. I'm I'm still talking. <laughs> it's iconic, and but not in a uh, John Williams way, but just in a, a recognizable way. Because um, this Danny Elfman theme was the one that was used for Batman for uh, kind of its height before it was reborn with the Nolan days. Um, and it's good. It's it's a little different, especially if you're expecting something more modern. It's I don't know how to quite describe it. It's almost like a little... Can I say like kooky? Does that work? I think it's kooky? Yeah, that's, that's a little bit. Danny Elfman kind of sounds like. That's, that's the kind of movies he does because he... Um, yeah, like Tim Burton. Yeah, with know. Tim Burton, like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, okay, I, I love the score. That's why I'm recommending it. But I'm just saying <laughs> it's you know a little different from what you might expect if you're not familiar with it. But I would... I think that's worth a shot to go back and listen to if you're not already familiar with it. Or if you are familiar with it, listen to it anyway, because it's probably been a little while. Good. You're not going to re- recommend the Prince uh, soundtrack from the first Batman film? Did I mention the word Prince once? No. I, you, <laughs> you, you probably don't remember, because... Uh, no, I remember reason. it. It's just I'm going for Danny Elfman here. I mean, well, no the the Danny El- the Danny Elfman theme for Batman to me is the most iconic. You know, they reused it in tone uh, for the Batman the Animated Series, which which uh, it's not my recommendation, but damn, if you haven't seen the Batman the Animated Series, I highly recommend that you do so. It's amazing. Can um, I tell you which the Batman theme I like? 
you can. Better not be then and then and then Batman. <laughs> well, you know, right. one of the things I like about this Danielle Fire theme is the pace. <laughs> it, it's, That's a, Danny. it's so You're rapid. Mixing podcasts, so. No, but the, the the pace it's really quick the the theme and I that's one of the things that I like about it. And where can they get that, Tim? The the superior version is from Wild Land Records, correct? Uh, that again, that sounds familiar. I, I don't know at the moment, but yes, it is. I can you know I can go run over if you want to give me a couple minutes and pull out my CD and see who it says. But you know. no, it's a, it, it's got the it's got the on the cover. It's from the archive collection. It's got the picture of the of the Batwing over the moon. It's a good soundtrack. Yeah, I think that's the one I have. So then, yeah, we'll go with it. All right, good. Now, Elaine, you're kind of feisty this evening. Uh, <laughs> what's your recommendation? Oh, <laughs> I had something. What was it? What's top of your head right now? What is it? No, I'm trying to remember. Um, I'm gonna make a recommendation for you. You're giving Mark too much time to come up with his own recommendation. Oh, oh, oh! oh I know what it was. I know what it was. It was um, since you were talking about Danny Elfman, uh, I would like to recommend the movie Alice in Wonderland, starring Johnny Depp and Mia Vashikovska. And what? Yeah. Bless you. I kind of want to hear that again. <laughs> Mia Vashikovska. Uh, I always call her that Mia person. <laughs> She's one but, of the um, brothers. <laughs> but, I mean, this movie was made by Disney, and I i don't know about anybody else, and I may get called out for this, but I didn't really like the cartoon, the Disney cartoon. I thought it was weird. I mean, I mean, the whole part of the whole premise of the original story of Alice in Wonderland is that it doesn't make any sense. And that, you know, I understand that, but that doesn't, it doesn't really appeal to me. But what I like about this movie directed by Tim Burton is that it actually makes sense. It has a plot, kind of connects everything together. Um, it did some, they did some really cool things with CG. A lot of the movie is CG. Um, and it kind of lends to this kooky, dreamlike quality of this world. There it goes again, Mark. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, um, the real question is, are so you reading I these texts? I would, and, and the theme is, oh, no. are you texting him? No, no, I'm not. Tim's, I Tim, can, Tim's but I'm not going to. tweeting my name somewhere. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> I am not texting you right now. I actually respect the show that we're on. Unlike some people. I'm sorry, you know, Elaine, go ahead. No, uh, but I was just going to add that the, the theme for that, I haven't listened to the whole soundtrack, but the theme is pretty um, pretty memorable to me. It's, it's kind of interesting because during the during the theme that you have this background co- uh, chorus of people saying, Alice, Alice, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's just, it's interesting and it fits, it fits the film. So, yeah. Is the second one coming out sometime soon? Yes, yes and that's I why, saw the trailer for it. It's good. And you should definitely, if you haven't seen Alice in Wonderland, you should definitely watch it now because next year they're going to uh, have a sequel, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Is that going to be Danny Elfman? Uh, I don't know. He he did Oz for Disney, so it's yeah. not Tim Burton anymore. So 
Elaine, remind me when we're done with this. I have a pretty amazing Tim. That was you. It was uh, not I me. I have a pretty, uh, I have a pretty amazing uh, version of this soundtrack for you to listen to. So remind me to uh, remind me to talk to you about it later. Tim loves it too. Uh, which one? <laughs> me, which one? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I might, I might, or I think I just deleted it. We'll see. Uh, Anyways, all right. So, Mark, uh, what will you recommend? You know, you guys were you guys were saying recommendations, and the first thing that popped in my head was something that I want for Christmas. Um, (laughs) Deadwood, the the complete series of Deadwood. I'm not sure if you guys have ever seen this, but I'm actually a huge Western fan as far as uh, movies, as far as television shows. Uh, Deadwood was a show that was on HBO. It was canceled way too quickly or just not continued after three seasons. Um, it's absolutely amazing as far as actors, as far as, as far as storyline, as far as the music's pretty good. Um, but what really sets it apart is probably the swearing, to be honest. It's, it's got the, I think, oh, it, it's, it's some of the most inventive uses of the term ever um it's just an amazing show uh i think you can get all three seasons right now on blu-ray in a box set for like 49 or 54 dollars so that's what i'm asking for from from my family but uh if you've never seen deadwood uh everybody that i've ever recommended it to has absolutely loved it after they watched it and supposedly they're gonna finally tie it up i mean it kind of ends in a decent fashion but it, there can certainly be more. So supposedly they're gonna finally put a television movie together to give it its final, you know, conclusion. So Deadwood, the complete series on Blu-ray or DVD, your choice, is my recommendation for this week. No, I'm excited. I might actually use the bleep function for once. Well, I can't say that word. Well, I mean, I just don't want iTunes to come hunting me down saying, "Hey, you didn't mark this as explicit." I don't think one use. I I think Thanks, with. Mark. <laughs> no, to the be iTunes honest, police are going after you. I think in a PG thirteen movie, you get one use of the word. I think it's two, actually. Is but it? Is well, then this rated PG? Uh, no, nothing's rated PG anymore. Clearly, didn't you see the Force Awakens rating today? <laughs> <laughs> hey, science fiction action. Sci-fi violence. Sci-fi action violence, or something. So, with that, uh, Elaine, where can you be found on social media? You can find me on Twitter at T-V-E-I-T-L-I-G-H-T 25. Awesome. Tim, where can they find you on uh, on Twitter, Mr. Trooper? Yeah, yeah, just that, um, at Trooper underscore five. Excellent. Uh, myself, you can find me at Griddlemarks, uh, G-R-I-D-D-L-E-M-A-R-K-S. Uh, let's put me over the thousand follower mark. I'm almost there. People bragging. Bragging. <laughs> Or whatever. Shameless I've got plug. a lot. No, I've got a lot of weird followers who uh, clearly don't know who I am. They're like Russian and <laughs> don't even write. So I'll take it. But uh, well, it'd be pretty awesome legit. if you could get your follow or thousand followers to follow the show's account also at Score Tracks. And and there's somebody who's trying to to uh, steal our name out there. I won't say who, but uh, I just noticed it today. I'll, I'll tell you off the air. And, uh, a dude who said Tim also. <laughs> no, we're not talking about Ron here. 
Uh, Dang it, it, I knew somehow his we name do have, was going to be brought up. <laughs> we're not talking about... We're not... Who? Who are we talking about? Earlier Ron? today. Yeah. When he was uh, anyway. having his fun. Animal. Well, hopefully, hopefully Ron will listen to us. Uh, but I don't know. Do we want him as a listener? He can kind of tear us apart in some way. He'll find a way. No. Ron's a sweetheart. And <laughs> so is everybody else. So... Jim, uh, uh, tell us a little bit about our sponsor for this uh, episode, as every other episode. Yeah, our sponsor is the uh, Film Soundtrack Center. You can find their website at www.filmsoundtrackcenter.com. I believe their most recent uh, posting was an interview with Brian Tyler, so uh, I would recommend checking that out. He's one of my favorite composers. Definitely one of my favorite composers. Absolutely. So, yeah, I I, I recommend that as my other recommendation uh checking that out and he talks about star wars which is one of my other favorite things so how awesome is that very cool very cool uh so once again so once again everybody we're going to be wrapping for this episode thank you for listening uh, i'm not sure what we're going to be uh touching on next podcast but we are less than a month away from from uh star wars the force awakens so i'm sure it will, something, will be something star wars related well like so once yeah, pending a schedule change, uh, next week will, or next time will be our last episode before The Force Awakens comes out. So, yeah, you're right. We can probably plan on something uh, Star Wars related. And then after that, we'll be talking about The Force Awakens. We might even have our entire episode just that. <laughs> it is so close. Guys. Oh, it is. 24 oh. days away or something. Well, it's the 24th today. I don't know. To get the soundtrack clear, we might even have to do a special episode. So, absolutely, bring on bring on some uh, special Star Wars uh, aficionados. I don't know any. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. Even. Are we gonna have uh, to like so anyway, reach out into that nerd area just to find some Star Wars people? Ew, it'd be too hard. There's three Nerds of us right here. <laughs> Anyways, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, once again, uh, any questions uh, for us? Uh, please uh, send it to our Twitter account at uh, ScoreTracks, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Any thoughts? Any ideas? Or just uh, go to the that, website and use the contact form there. Also, um, we got some specifics. If you want to talk to a um, specific person or, or whatever, just uh, you can use the contact form as well. Excellent. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a good night or good day. We're at whatever time you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. <laughs>